first time recording in person. We have never recorded in person together ever. Never ever. And what's embarrassing about this is there's, oh, we've always said we don't know how. We it's can't. That was too technically difficult for us. We So we've tried many times, uh-huh. but the microphones, they always pick each other up right. and then start echoing. Right, right. I think the issue is that we needed a third device, like a mixer of some sort. And this just always felt above our pay grade. It felt like we needed an audio degree to well, get it going. People always said you need this little thing that's like a mixer that you plug both mics into. And we were like, oh, that oh, sounds too hard. We can't us, figure it out. It took us about 20 minutes last night to figure it out. Oh, well, it took, yeah. You 20 minutes. It took maximum 20. It took us 20 minutes to figure out all of like the setup, but to actually how to use this, it took us maybe 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So this so, is really embarrassing for it us. Is embarrassing. It's taken us this long. It's very beautiful to look at you. Is it? It is. Yeah. You look gorgeous. <laughs> oh, thank uh, you. So can I tell you something funny that happened this morning? You can. It's just weird. It's like a weird moment because I do feel like real podcasters yeah. like in yeah. the room. It's a strange sensation. It's- do you feel like we're going to kiss or something? Ew, that's disgusting. But I don't know. There's something about just like you in the flesh. It's very um, attractive to you? It's very attractive to me. So as I was taking the kids to school this morning. Yeah. I Which I chastised you for. Yeah, which you chastised me for. I, I had to galvanize them in some way to make the ride entertaining for myself. Okay. So I told them that they could come up with a punishment for you for being uh, naughty yesterday. And galvanizing the children uh, into thinking of punishments for you was very funny. Do you want to hear what they came up with? Um, yes, I would love to. Okay. So <laughs> they're in the back and they go, hot sauce, cold showers. And then they go, no, wait, she likes hot sauce. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then one of them was like, brush her teeth five times in the middle of the day. And then, and then someone goes, no Starbucks. <laughs> oh my. Okay. Now that, that child f- knows me. That yeah. child knows what would actually be cruel and unusual punishment. Everything else I could tolerate. Yeah. But no caffeine. Anyway. Absolutely not. Yeah. It was really fun for me to galvanize them in this way. Um, I'm sure that is a, a wild fantasy of yours. It is. Given our working relationship. <laughs> uh, thank goodness that this week we actually have a decent amount to talk about. Mm. I feel like it's been months and months before we've had like a true good like pop culture news cycle. Yeah. I feel like sometimes you and I, we scrape at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. We go really deep in daily mail right. and there's just, it can get real dry. Yeah. Real you know? quick. Real, real quick. quick. Where do you want to begin? Okay, I want to chat with you about something that happened recently. So Heather Dubrow posted on yeah, her stories, okay. and I'm actually dying for your thoughts about this. Okay. So she posted on her stories that, you know, the kids are going off to college, and right. she posted this Bravo interview of the kids, right? Yeah. And she, there's a video clip of her yeah. first. Should I find it and just play it for you really quick? Describe okay, it for Basically, me. I'll just tell you. She goes, the twins are going off to college. I can't believe it. Yeah. They don't know how to do laundry. But there's a laundry service at the dorms. How bougie is that? Can I get your reaction, please? (laughs) These children are so ill-equipped for the real world. I would actually like a reality TV show where the Dubrow children have to, uh, you know, just do normal things. Like do their laundry, grocery shop for themselves. Put away their clothes into normal bins, not bins that have been shipped across the country for them by their mother. So (laughs) here's what I find to be personally offensive about it. I would love to watch that reality show as well. So thank you for the project idea. But I just find it to be annoying when everything that Heather says Mm -hmm. comes out as a flex. It's just absolutely. It's all a flex. I actually think the most personally offensive thing to me is that they're doing their children a disservice by never allowing them to just learn how to do their own laundry. It's nothing to brag about when your kids don't know basic life skills. That's actually like embarrassing. It's it's embarrassing for your children. Yes. It's it's so embarrassing for the kids. And 
there's something so interesting in Nouveau Riche about Heather and Terry Dubrow mm-hmm. where they're so obsessed with everyone knowing how wealthy right, they right, are at every right. turn. Yeah. It's like the sale of the house. Yeah, like yep. my, I have a friend, fellow podcaster. Yeah. She ran into Terry Dubrow okay. in Newport. Okay. This was around the sale of the house. And he was like, you, you should Google it to see how much <gasps> we sold it Ew. for. It's so Ugh. icky. And it's just like the opposite of people with like true vast amounts of wealth there's just something to me about it's odious it's odious and it's nouveau riche okay and then i have another thought okay and i want to contrast this also where um and i'm not trying to get political but michelle obama was on oprah yeah back in the day when they when obama was first elected yeah Yeah. and she was talking about how the kids still have to they make their own beds they do their own laundry because she was like i cannot have children who don't know how to do their own laundry i got the chills like i'm not gonna do it right right and it's like that's the attitude, you know? And honestly, I think people, you know, across the aisle would agree that children need to learn how to do normal chores. That's just like a part of being a normal person. I mean, if I was also dating in the dating world, you know, no, I'm no longer in the dating world, obviously. But if I met someone who didn't know how to do their own laundry, that would be a huge turnoff to me. Oh, it's so embarrassing. I don't know. But if they were connected, to, if, we, if I was vacationing <laughs> with the Dubros, I'd overlook it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you're vacationing with them, but I don't know. These children annoy me. So the other thing that I think is interesting, and it's just like a conspiracy theory I have, okay. but you know how they keep like touting this $55 million sale? like Of their house? That they sold yeah. their house for $55 yeah. million, $55 million, $55 million. Well, here's my thought process. Yeah. So obviously they financed the first home, yeah. right? So yeah. it's not like they keep, they're so it's not like they, with, they they're making all that money. Right, million. right. So what I think, and this is just like my my theory, and please, any real estate gurus, any finance gurus, well, you, let me know. You know who you could ask who's a real estate guru? Who? Their eldest son. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's get into that in a second. So they bought their new home in Beverly Hills mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for sixteen million. Okay, and I a think that sixteen million. What they, whatever they made, was something in that was sure. something sixteen million or below. Okay. Because in California, if you sell your house and make money on it, yeah. you need to pay capital gains tax yeah. on that, okay. and it's a lot. Yeah. The taxes are extreme. Right. And so, but there is a law that if you buy another home within the same year, you mm. basically just fold the profit into that oh, new home and you don't pay any taxes yeah. on it. Yeah. And so I think that they 100% yeah. put all the all the profit into right. the new house, which as you that should. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, I think we should start referring to it as a $16 million sale. Sale. I think, you know, that would, that would be right. Let's do that. <laughs> I think one thing that bears repeating is that Terry Dubrow comes from money. He's not completely self-made. Mm-hmm. He didn't just like bootstrap his way to a $55 million sale, house sale or whatever. He comes from money. Obviously, he's made some smart investments. But, you know, they're not just like, he didn't just like make this money and botched. Yeah. I think that you and I have long theorized about how the Dubros came to their, right. you know, well, we to know. their wealth. We know because his brother was uh, in a famous band that I, that but escapes me. I don't think the wealth comes yes. from the band. Are you sure? Yes. Because yes. I'm pretty sure that the wealth comes from Terry making some really good investment. That's the rumor I yeah, heard. Yeah, but I think he had a good amount of money to invest. Mm. Terry Dubrow, brother wealthy. And did it go to Terry? Well, Kevin Dubrow was an American rock singer who had a net worth of $10 million at the time of his death in 2007. So here we go. Some observers believe that Kevin's family members inherited a significant portion of his wealth. That And the most obvious recipients would be his younger brother, Terry, who at one point claimed that Kevin had paid for his entire medical education. Oh, for real? Yeah. Chandler's showing up with the receipts and the facts this morning. I've got receipts. Oh, my gosh. I've got receipts. Yeah, Lauren. So I had receipts and I was able to show you the proof that Terry Dubrow was not... You know, he didn't start from nothing and then amass all this fortune. You know, can I, 
I'm, I very much appreciate you knowing more of the facts about the Dubros yeah. than me. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chandler. The thing I want to also say is that Nikki Dubrow is, he's interning right now for Josh Altman. So this guy is I, going to never really work a day in really his life. He's never going to work a day in his life. And he's he annoys be so much richer than us. He annoys the shit out of me. Like, I, I'm sure this kid is perfectly nice, but all their kids annoy me. Does it bug you that Nikki Dubrow turned out to be kind of hot? He's not Which hot. we never saw coming. He's not hot. Did you look at the Instagram? I, I've seen enough to know that he's not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's not on a path. Who were we talking about recently who you thought was super hot? Sean Lowe. You think he's super hot. I don't think he's super hot, but he's definitely... You do. Sorry, Kagan. Respectfully. I just... I could not believe that I was met with any type of resistance to the idea that Sean Lowe is not hot. <laughs> I don't, I'm married. This is not the Patreon. I need to move forward. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's move forward. Okay. So now that we have done the Dubrow takedown, Heather, if you're listening and if you want to come on the podcast and defend yourself, we would love to have you. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about, about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com, pop apologist 20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor, try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my mm. Clean Simple Eats protein powder. Yeah, I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got vanilla frosty, essentially, if you like the Simply Vanilla. If you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip, you got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water, and that also strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it is just the best protein powder out there everyone go to cleansimpleeats.com and use the promo code pop apologist for 10 percent off that's pop apologist for 10 percent off cleansimpleeats.com pop apologist for 10 percent off all right lauren we haven't talked about this yet, and I'm very excited to hear your take because we have been saving this for the pod. Okay. Kylie and Timothy. Oh my gosh. Yes, we have. Okay. I am excited to talk about this with you as well. So rumors were swirling months ago about mm -hmm. them dating. I didn't believe it. I was like, this is a publicity stunt. I've never seen them. You know, there was like a paparazzi photo of his of his car at her house. I just, I didn't believe it. Mm -hmm. Then at the US Open and I think at some, oh, at the Beyonce concert, mm -hmm. we got images and videos of them ensconced. Ensconced. Okay. What's your take? So thank you so much for asking. So I am very shallow, as you know. Mm -hmm. And so what's really important to me is that things look hot to me. Um, oh, okay. I love a hot couple. I love a hot person. Yeah. And you do not think Timothy Shalomagoo is hot? 
Timothy Chalamagoo, for me, he just was, he's just like not necessarily virile man adjacent. He's more young boy. He's not Sean Lowe enough for you. He's not, he does not look enough like Sean Lowe. And that is the issue I have with Timothy Chalamagoo. And so, I know it. I know it. (laughs) Also, I don't know if Timothy Chalamagoo is a Christian, which is a big turn I don't think he's a Christian. He's like born and raised in New York. And I don't know. There's, There's something about being born and raised in Manhattan that just makes me think you're not a Christian. Well, Here's the thing. Yeah. So I was against this relationship also because he's a little puny and Kylie is a voluptuous woman. Like I love to see her with a big brawny man. That's what I, I think, thought. I think that is your, that's a heteronormative disgusting thing that like, I really need I to mean, work through. I think literally that's something you need to work through. Where it's I like, know. I know. Like you cannot weigh more than your spouse. No, that's not what I'm saying. I think that's just an instinctual thing though. Like most movies that we see, couples. Sure, sure. Typically the woman is maybe smaller. Typically the woman is is smaller. I think it's as most women want their partner to be taller than them. This is just an evolutionary preference that I'm brave enough to, you know, cop to on this podcast. Okay. 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 I think think that you should do some inner work because I don't know that I would ever voice that. Okay. Well. I am brave. So you should need to look at your, you need to do some inner work on your lack of courage. So anyway, I Chandler, when I saw the photos, allow some water of relief to wash over you. As I tell you that I think this is a truly hot couple. Yeah. Yeah. Like they look good together. They look good together. Here's why I like it. I like that Kylie is voluptuous because you know what would make me even madder than Kylie with Timothy early days when I didn't believe it. Timothy and Kendall. Oh, that's interesting. You know, because Kendall is so boring. She gives nothing. Like I just, and she's just su- such classic hot girl. Totally. She's just like, whatever, classic model. Like, and mm-hmm. that's, and, and I feel like that's maybe who we would think would be with Timothy, but mm-hmm. I, I like that they're kind of, you know, a different kind of match. I a hundred percent agree. And I think they look really good together. Frankly, Thank I don't God. know. I don't know if it's acting. I don't know if they were playing it up for the cameras with all their like footage of them at the Beyonce concert and, and at the U S open, but I'm buying what they're selling. I am buying what they're it's selling hot. too. It I is like it. super hot there. And I, what I like about it is it's a very unexpected couple. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, and not unexpected in a way that's just kind of like, meh, like remember when Ben Affleck was dating that one girl, the 32-year-old or the 33-year-old. Oh, Ana de Armas. Yeah, Ana yeah. de Armas. Not yeah. unexpected and like, oh, we didn't put put them together. Right. But no, this is like a like, Timothy Shamalogu or whatever his yeah. name is. He is a true artist. He's right. in that film right. world. He's right. very rarefied. Yeah. Kylie Jenner is a billionaire. She's reality. She's right. not on his she's echelon. Little, I would say she's just a little bit more lowbrow. Yeah, there's a, right. there's a brow disparity and there's yeah. a wealth disparity, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. And when these two come together, it is just like... It's you like know? melon and prosciutto. You don't yeah. realize how good it's going to totally. be together. And I would say that Timothy would be the prosciutto. Skinny little slices. Oh, the, absolutely. Right. Oh, and oh my gosh. And the melons on Kylie. And Kylie is definitely the melon. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we're a fan. We're a big fan. Just for shallow reasons, though. If they didn't look hot together, but we would be so over this couple. Wouldn't that be annoying if he was dating Kendall? Okay, see, here's the thing for me. I feel no sort of like claim over Timothy Shalomagoo yeah. because for me, I'm not attracted to him. So if he was with Kendall, I would just be like, whatever, two string beans. Right, Who right. Cares? But I just think- But I, I think, think you're into him. Oh, I'm definitely into him. I also yeah. think that Kendall, I don't know. This is like, this podcast has become my crusade against Kendall Jenner. Mm, yeah. But I just think she's so, she gives nothing- Mm-hmm. And so it wouldn't, I just feel like Timothy is a way more interesting character. I don't feel like Kendall deserves him. Yeah. And I like the fact that he's into Kylie. Yes. For sure. Yes. Also because it's like, I think there's just such a cool guy thing where guys are never, in, don't want to be into girls who aren't totally naturally hot right, and they don't right. have, like Kylie has like a done vibe. Right. Right. Totally. Totally. And a lot of cool guys wouldn't be down. And, 
And I would say like artsy cool guys. A hundred percent. They want to be with the indie girl, right, you right. know. The, the manic pixie dream girl. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the fact Kylie's the opposite of a Kylie, manic pixie dream but girl. I think I in the best way. Not that he's there for the cash, but I do think that you know, rolling with Kylie Jenner is a different experience dating wise than Kendall. Sure. Like, I mean, we're talking Kendall is like, can we borrow Kylie's plane? It's like Kylie Kylie's is like, like I'll send my plane to pick you up. Totally. And let's go to Nobu. You know, that's I mean, a big Honestly, upgrade. even Nobu is a little pedestrian for Kylie. Yeah. Hey, I'm excited. Let's, we'll see how long it lasts. Also low key. What? I do think that Kylie Jenner, whenever I watch her, she is just so sweet on the show. And I do think Kylie Jenner is like, she's annoying on Instagram. She's one of those people that's like annoying on Instagram, kind of like me, sure. but in person, incredible. Yeah. I believe that. I mean, she's better than Kendall. Yes, absolutely. You know. Okay. Uh, okay. So another thing I want to talk to you about. Yeah. Stassi had her baby. Yes. She named her baby Messer. Mm-hmm. Do you like the name? Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's just, it's different. And her I explanation guess- of it was weird. It was like something about how, like it was how, what you would say instead of like Milord or something. Like, <laughs> Like there's something about how it was like in midi or in uh, feudal times. Like she is our Renaissance queen. She, she loves a costume. She yeah, yeah. She loves Marie Antoinette. I am not a huge fan of the name. Here's the thing for me. I like unique names. Yeah. I do. But I also just feel like I don't like names that are completely unheard of. Because for me, they just say they're like such attention grabbers for the parents. Right, right. And it's going to be annoying for the kid. Absolutely. I mean, Chandler. Would you say Chandler? Chandler is an actual name, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Messer um, sounds like a, a last name of a large Mormon family. I feel that's very true. I do feel like commenting on people's baby names is like literally invoking terrible karma. Well, also, it's like we don't want to have this girl hate us. We no, we love, love her. Stassi. We love her. We love Heather Dubrow. I say this with all due respect. Yeah. All due respect. Agreed. But yeah, not my favorite. But that's okay. You know what? Teach their own. Not our favorite name, but I do think that Stassi Schroeder is is a true queen. And Stassi, if you're listening and like to come on the podcast anytime. Honestly, anyone who we've talked shit about on this podcast, you are welcome to come on and defend yourself. We would love it, actually. If anyone that we've talked ton, tons of shit on, you know, they get a whiff of the podcast mm-hmm. and want to come on or we somehow get to book them. I just want you to know that I'm going to have some AI scrape through every single oh, yeah. episode. We'll scrub it. And scrub it. I mean, this recently happened with Carol. Oh, Carol Radswell, yeah. She is just such... Carol Radswell is very cool because we talked crap on her on yeah. our podcast. Yep. The team that does the social media put up a clip of us talking yeah. crap yeah. on her. Yeah. And she commented and was so cool about it. Totally... She was self-aware. She was self-aware. Yeah. She was so chill. Yeah. And then anyway, I did like a little... I did a response video perfect. Yeah. and it was like a fun clap back, yeah. but like really telling her that we worship her and we're sorry. Right. And she was like so cute in the yeah. comments to yeah. that. Yeah. So no, she's a real one. Anyway. Okay. Let's move on. What do you think about Messer? I didn't ask you. You always ask oh, me. Well, I, I agree with you. You agree. Oh, okay. I completely agree. Okay. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought Hartford was cute. Mm-hmm. Messer feels like, a, I don't know. It's just, also I thought her, her explanation of it was weirder. When she was talking about how it was like back in feudal times, like what you would say instead of like, sir, or something. <laughs> I don't know. It was like, it was too Renaissance fair for me, but wishing them love. Yeah. Wishing them all the best. Also, why wouldn't you name a kid Bo? I feel like Bo is such a cute name. Bo is a really cute name. You know, name. like yeah. I, I would name a kid Bo. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about Beyonce. Oh yeah. You. Okay. Thank you. So I was listening to another podcast, which will remain nameless. Okay. And they were talking about going to the Beyonce concert. You know, I have beef with Beyonce. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Beyonce and I don't really get along. She has no idea who I am, Uh but uh I just, in this one-sided relationship, it's not good. Yeah. 
You're just not a huge Beyonce fan. I don't like her music. Yeah. I find her music to be guttural and viscerally off-putting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a camp of one. Anyway, I just, I'm not a fan. Yeah. Um, and I was shocked that she was doing a stadium tour uh-huh. in Los Angeles because yeah. I just didn't know that many people still listen. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. <laughs> I, know. I didn't think people still cared about Beyonce. I know. It's a strange You're, thing. Like, I'm in I, this is world. giving me a stomachache because the people who are going to come after us for this, the, be- the beehive. The beehive. Yeah. Okay. So my issue with Beyonce and the beef I have with her is that I feel like she's very Kendall Jenner adjacent. She just gives us she's nothing. Aloof. Yeah. She's so aloof. We know very little about yeah. her. Yeah. And unlike a Taylor Swift, right. who really just kind of like wears her heart on her sleeve, mm-hmm. is all about the fans, shows up out of fans, you know, christening for their child. Sure. Like she's like always there for the fans. I feel like Beyonce gives nothing to the fans. I think Beyonce gives us more about her personal life really through her music not to a Taylor Swift level by any means, but like yeah. if you think about like Lemonade, mm-hmm. like that album was very vulnerable, very raw. For sure. I guess it's just like, this is 2023. Yeah. I'm a, I was born in 1990. I'm yeah. a 21st century woman. Yeah. yeah. I'm not interested in just the art. Yeah. I also, want in, I want the yeah. artist. I want, I just I think, grew up on Kim Kardashian. I think people always compare Beyonce and Taylor Swift. And I don't think that's like fair. Like, I feel like we don't compare two male artists to each other. Like we do with, mm-hmm. with women. And So I think like they're in their own separate stratospheres and categories and everything. But I do think it can be like as two as two people who enjoy fan interaction from our artists. Yeah. I think Beyonce doesn't do that. No, she doesn't. And so that's my main issue with her. Sonically, obviously, I have a crusade against her that I love to lead. I like Beyonce. Okay, I'm not like I'm not like a Beyonce is my everything. Like she's in my top top song. Do you actually like to listen to? What do you mean? What song do I like to listen to? What song Beyonce is literally into recently? I like love on top. I like Countdown. I like Virgo's Groove from the new okay. album. How often are you listening to those? Plastic beats? off the sofa. How lo- how Plastic often? Plastic off the sofa was in like is like in my top songs for this year. I just feel like if we're talking about actual, I listen to Taylor Swift bops. more than Beyonce. I'm not trying to say that I I listen to more Beyonce than Taylor Swift. I'm sure there's undisputed. I'm sure there's an argument to be made that sonically Beyonce is just is more on an artistic level it's think, more sophisticated see, or she's 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 doing who, a, taylor swift she's doing i'm not trying to compare artists okay. but she's doing some sort of deeper project whatever i just find it to be boring i think here's the thing i think beyonce is just less like syrupy mm-hmm. beyonce is less syrupy in every way she's less like maybe less romantic yeah. in her songs less just like she doesn't ever write with the sparkly gel pen right right you know which we both love or which the music, quill to be frank or the quill. <laughs> sure sure beyonce could use a little more sparkly gel, a I, little more quill. I think, and I think too, you and I prefer like big love songs. Yeah, I think we, we like big love ballads, yeah. and I don't think that Beyonce is always doing big love ballads. Are a little bit more like about more complicated relationships, you could say for sure. So, anyways, anyway, we're getting lost in the yeah. weeds. So I just was listening to this podcast, and they were saying that they went to the show. Yeah, and they felt like it was watching a robot perform. Really? Yeah. They said that basically it's like she just hits her mark. She does the move. She is an incredible yeah. singer and dancer. Yeah, right. But when it comes to connecting to the audience, like they might as well not even be there. Interesting. And apparently that she like doesn't do any sort of talking to the audience. Yeah, that's hard because that's like that's that's part of the show. It's like what you you come for, like the little bit of interaction you get with this like superstar. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. 
And also, apparently, there's one song that she fully just had the audience sing the entire song. Oh, really? And apparently, this person said that they could see Kris Jenner's box, and they were kind of close, and they said the whole Kardashian family seemed like uh, like the I'm energy interested. in the stadium yeah. was annoyed. Yeah. And I think, too, if you're comparing it to Era's tour stadium energy, like, that's tough. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I just thought those were interesting complaints yeah. about Beyonce's right. tour right, right. that I wanted to highlight and today on Podcast. Honestly, I think a lot of live musicians can be like that. Mm. I think it's it's not every superstar is an amazing live performer. Courtney went to a Ryan Adams concert, yeah. and I remember she was fuming one time. So this was a long time ago, yeah. and she was like, "He just didn't say anything to us. Right, like he right. just sang like, and then left." And don't you feel like that's fucking rude? Yeah, it makes you feel like they don't care about they you. Don't care. It's it, they, it's they are not deriving any joy from like from performing their art with like with you know or at least with you not, there. Not it's not personally it. for right, you. Right. They're just right. like phoning it. They're in. just like a performer. They're a performer. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Anyway, I just think I would be annoyed if I dressed up in silver, mm-hmm. went to the stadium <sighs> tour, and then there was just nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. You know. And I wonder if Beyonce fans even want that. Maybe they're just used to it. Cause I don't think she's really ever. Well, I think that this person went to the Beyonce. Yeah. This person said that the energy in the stadium was just like not yeah. great. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, write in if you went to, I, I feel like Beyonce or. Write in. Beyonce, write in. Beyonce, write in. <laughs> and Beyonce, if you'd like to come on our podcast and defend yourself. I am a yourself. Beyonce fan. In fact, I'm shocked I'm not wearing metallic silver for this recording. Did you ever like Beyonce? I feel like there was like one point in your life where you liked her. And like maybe during single ladies. Yeah. I just like, think there was a not turn like- for me. Yeah. And I think it really was, you know what it really was? It was, I just became such a Kardashian stan back in the day. Like I just loved the Kardashians and I felt like Jay-Z and Beyonce in the media. Sure. Beyonce was always compared with Kim. It was like, Beyonce has talent. Kim doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. That was always the narrative. And when Jay-Z snubbed Kim so hard at that one awards show, there's that meme where Kim is with Kanye. Yeah. And I think it's Jay-Z wins an award. Someone, yeah. Yeah, Jay-Z, and he comes back and he like gives Kanye a hug and then he just completely walks yeah. past Kim. Yeah. Like Kim goes to give him a hug yeah. and just walks past yeah. him. Yeah. Like, I think there's a snobbery there. Mm-hmm. I think they are very snobbish. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And anyway, I just, I don't know. I don't think we like our musicians I'm a woman to of be the snobs. people. Except for Heather Dubrow. You like Heather Dubrow as a snob. But she's a snob in a way that she's giving. It's like fun. And she's, also it's funny. It's like... I don't know. She's like, she looks, it's more of an embarrassing snobbery. True snobs give nothing. Right. True snobs, they right. don't have podcasts. They don't go on reality yeah. shows. They just like, you know, sail around on their right. yachts and right. live private, right. luxurious lives. Sure. Like Beyonce, who true. is a true snob. True. Okay. I actually know nothing about her. <laughs> well, I have a lot of conjectures for very little that, research. All I know is that Lauren's going to get a ton of hate for this episode. Yeah. I will say that when we get a negative review and it's like, I loved these girls up until they spoke about Beyonce or up until they gave us one idea, I couldn't care less. My thought process is like... Haters make you famous? Not haters, but it's just like, I'm sorry, but you are not going to be able to do this job and not get comments like that and not get hate like that. And so that... It and just you, washes off me. Stand strong in your anti-Beyonce truth. Thank you. Yeah. As we've discussed on this podcast, I'm unafraid. I'll stand in my Kendall Jenner hatred. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate I that. Will. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? <laughs> you know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. 
Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about FrameBridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned, cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. Okay. Yeah. Let's get into Olivia Rodrigo and Taylor Swift. Yes. Speaking of feuds between women. Mm -hmm. So Chandler. Speaking of women hating women. Yes. (laughs) Okay, this, I, I think we need to bring it back because for everyone who doesn't know, yeah. Olivia Rodrigo, she... You just discovered that she existed. No, I mean, I basically, yeah. yeah. Um, Olivia Rodrigo, she's the one who, she's the very young singer. Right. She is 20. She yes. was born in 2003. Makes me feel ill. How crazy is yeah. that? It's so, really crazy. So she is a huge Taylor stan. Yeah right yes. a huge swifty there I mean, are photos of her as like a young girl with holding with like, up that she yeah. loves taylor swift you can't be born in 2003 and not be obsessed with taylor swift mega mega swift yeah. there's also the cutest video of her doing a cruel summer cover mm-hmm. that i highly recommend yeah. everyone watch i mean olivia rodrigo is such a baby right like, she was probably 14 or 15 yeah when she was seeing that cover anyway so olivia rodrigo she came out with that song driver's license mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. galvanized the nation galvanized that, the nation you know people were stirred up into action of love right. for olivia rodrigo because right. vocally she's an insane talent yeah and she has some major bop well, so at the beginning mm-hmm. it was all love between taylor and olivia right, right? like Taylor commented on Olivia's mm-hmm, Instagram. Mm-hmm. There were pictures of them together. Taylor sent her gifts. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, Taylor really took Olivia under her wing. Yeah. yeah. So when her album came out, Sour, though, yep. that was her debut album. Yeah. Things took a turn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And let me actually, I want to show, I want to tell you something, Chandler. Please Do you know me. when Sour came out? Um, Sour came out the year that Ben and I met. So 2021. I remember because on the way to Puerto Rico, when we went on our trip, I listened to nothing but sour the entire like. Oh, ride. really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So well, it came out May 21st, 2021. <gasps> sour came out May 21st, 2021. That was a Friday Chandler. Yeah. A Friday in May. Okay. I just want you to hold that in your brain. Okay. okay? So anyway, everyone hold that in your brains. So sour comes out and that is when the public, you know, love fest went kaput like the minute sour came out i thought mm-hmm. like i thought there was a little bit of i thought taylor was like didn't olivia say like i'm up she was like up on the charts next to taylor swift and like and then taylor responded was, but i think that's with the when the single single okay okay yeah okay so and the reason why i know yeah. that that's when when it took a nosedive yeah is i'm just gonna read you the lyrics of the song the grudge by olivia rodrigo yeah. okay yeah which is from her new album guts yes let's actually tell the story so basically 
When Sour came out, there was two songs on mm-hmm. Sour mm-hmm. that really were referential right. to Taylor Swift. Right, right. The first was, what? do you remember what it's called? One Step Forward, Three Steps Back. So once, so Three Steps Forward, One Step Back. Yeah. That, do you so know it the, follows the same chord progression as New Year's Day. Okay. Yes. And it, and there was a direct reference to Taylor Swift. I think And she, Olivia like called this out. She yeah. was like, yeah. This yeah. is inspired by. Right, right. I love this chord pro- progression so much. I wanted to like riff on it or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. In this song, Deja Vu, mm-hmm. I think it's called an interpolation. Yeah. There's an interpolation of Cruel Summer. Um, so anyway, Deja Vu, yeah. it references Cruel Summer. Right. However, there was not the overt writing credit yeah. on yeah. that track. Yeah. It yeah. was just more, yeah. I think, because the reference is super subtle, in yeah. my personal opinion. Some will say it's not. Yeah. I think it's super subtle. Okay. Maybe to, you know, a layman's ears. Yes. Yeah. So astute fans yeah. will note that after Sour came out, that is when all of the photos together stopped. That is when there was just something going on mm-hmm, between mm-hmm. these two. Yeah, and a then, rift had begun. Yes. And then later on in Spotify, Taylor Swift, Jack Antonoff, and I think St. it's St. Vincent, Vincent mm-hmm. were listed as having writing, right. writing credits on Deja Vu. Yeah, yeah. So Taylor allegedly sued Olivia yeah. for writing credits mm-hmm. of Deja Vu yeah. and was awarded 50% mm-hmm. royalties, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this lawsuit cost Olivia millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. And Deja Vu was a, was a huge hit on yeah, Sour. Yeah, And then it appears to the fans like they're in a mega yeah, fight. Yeah, Okay? Well, let me add some context, some more present-day context. So the song Deja Vu is about the love triangle between her co-star, whose name I'm forgetting, the, the guy that she was dating, and his new girlfriend, Sabrina Carpenter. Okay. okay. Taylor Swift invited Sabrina Carpenter to open up for her on the Eras tour. Sabrina Carpenter is also Olivia's yeah. sonic rival. Well, and like, I think rival and love too. Rival. She, love rival. Yeah. Love rival yeah. and rival in the pop music right. world. Right. So clearly Taylor Swift soured on Olivia oh, wow. Rodrigo. And that took guts. That took <laughs> so dumb and yeah bringing sabrina on tour I mean, that's a huge that's a huge f you that's a huge f you when it's, it's like fully known that that song is about sabrina Carpenter, it like i knew that before like years ago I yeah knew, yeah it's it makes me feel a little bit icky about taylor that particular move that feels particularly icky should i play the cruel summer like should i play these t- play, play the tiktok because I, okay. I think that was really helpful for me as a person with tone deaf ears mm-hmm. to hear the the similarities between the song Um, so it's really that shouty yellow right. yelly part in That's the interpolation. Yes. Yeah. That that she copied. Yeah. Oh, and I think mm-hmm. as well, her other song copied Paramore. Yes, yes, yes. You know. Yes. But but speaking to just the Taylor yeah, Swift right, feud. Right. So 
I would say that in art though, mm -hmm. this is just a common thing that's done, right? Like artists absolutely reference other art For pieces. For sure. Oh, and, and this is also a super common practice in music. It's not like yeah. Kanye West samples people all the time, like sampling and interpolation and all that stuff is very common. That's mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I would be like hard pressed to find a lot of popular music that isn't like sampled in some way or, you know, copied in some way. Mm -hmm. I think Taylor Swift is someone who has had her original music ripped from her mm -hmm. and ownership ripped, mm -hmm. ripped from her. And so I think that mm -hmm. unfortunately for Olivia, this is a sticking point for Taylor and that she should have known who she was dealing with when she, you know, decided to copy her music. And maybe Olivia is just like young, didn't know first album. Totally. Like I can understand that, but her producers and co-writers should have done better by her. That that's who I place most of the blame with. Yeah, I agree. I think she was super green. I think yeah. she, I think she genuinely didn't realize right. that what she was doing right. in terms of and, like that it was illegal. Well, and that there needed to be credit given and monetary credit, yeah, you know, right. not just like, Hey, I love your song so much. I'm going to copy it. Like peace and well, you know, she didn't obsess with you. This is the thing that I get a little bit team Olivia on is I don't feel like that song is a direct copy of no, Girl summer in any but, way, but theoretically the interpolation is a copy. Well, yeah, of course, but that's yeah. a small part of the song, right? For sure. But that's, that's a copy that's copying. Yes. But you just said copied the whole, you said copied sure. the song. Copy, it's she not didn't copy copy. the whole song. And, and I'm not saying that this like discredits Olivia's talent anyway. Mm. And especially knowing how good guts is like, she clearly is a very talented like musician. Taylor Swift is a singer songwriter. Like, so she, is Olivia. Olivia is a songwriter I don't, I don't too. Think, I don't, she is. I don't think in the same way that Taylor is like, I don't think that I think Olivia has had a lot more help with her songwriting. Okay, this is the thing. We just really, we don't actually know. Taylor Swift also is in the studio, co-writes tons I, of her songs. And so I guess I'm just going to, like, yes, Olivia I think Taylor Swift is the most talented songwriter of our time. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Olivia comes close to that. Okay. At 20, she's had two albums out. I just don't think it's fair to even try to compare them. If we're talking about Sour, Sour and Guts, Guts yeah. compared to Taylor Swift and to Fearless, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just think that there's, Olivia Rodrigo has a lot of potential. Oh, absolutely. I, I absolutely agree. I guess what I'm saying is that if you want to borrow from the one of the biggest songwriters, best songwriters, you know, and if your co-writers or your producers want to borrow from them, you have to take it more seriously than maybe borrowing from someone more mid-tier. Well, and I, that well, would I be think, my argument. I think you have to do it the proper way. Exactly. Regardless. Absolutely. And I, I agree with you that her producers, her co-writers, they should have done better with her. I completely agree. Mm -hmm. But what I think is really interesting about this is because Olivia did a Rolling Stone interview where mm -hmm. she basically said, yeah, I was super inspired by this totally. yelly, shouty part yeah. of Cruel Summer. Yeah. So I find it just really interesting, though, that Taylor Swift got litigious so quickly and also that she sued for 50% right, of the royalties right. because I personally feel like that's unfair because mm -hmm. the song is yeah. not 50% yeah. cool summer. I think I can understand Taylor's mentality that could have been, I'm speculating, I don't know her actual mentality, that you give them an inch and they'll take a mile. So mm -hmm. you have to just, unfortunately, take what is yours, rightfully yours, completely. Right. Because otherwise, you know, like... This is, I mean, this is not the first young singer songwriter who's been inspired by Taylor Swift who loves her. And so I think, sure. I think that could have played into her, you know, really going for it all. 50% to me just seems super aggressive and unfair. I don't know if that's like normal, you know, writing credit percentage of like, yeah. you know, royalties or whatever. The other thing I want to say, this is, you know, in defense of Olivia, I do wonder if Taylor Swift didn't care as much until she saw how big of a hit Deja Vu was. So, okay. So this is, let this all brings us to the Friday in May. Mm -hmm. So... 
I'm actually just going to play Everyone the Grudge by Olivia Rodrigo because I've, a lot of people are saying this song is about the oh, feud it with Taylor Swift. absolutely is. So let's just play a little bit of this. Just And just as a reminder, Sour came out on May 21st, Friday, okay, okay. in 2021. There's nightmares each week about that Friday in May. One phone call from you and my entire world was changed. Trust that you betrayed. Confusion that still lingers. Took everything I loved and crushed it in between your fingers. Not doubt you ever think about the damage that you did. But I hold on to every detail like my life depends on it. My undying love, now I hold it like a grudge. Now I hear your voice every time that I think I'm not enough. And I try to be tough. So full song is so good yeah it's really good i mean this album is wonderful she did such a good job i feel for her i feel it, it was her first album yes. you know it's it's i can understand both sides truly mm-hmm. and i do really feel bad for olivia because she's just young she's young and i think that if as the song would lead us to believe that this mm-hmm. lawsuit happened the day her album comes out right for me, there's something personal there, and it just seems right. a little bit like, as a seasoned, mature artist, Taylor should have let her have her moment, and then, you know, maybe given yeah. it a week or two at right. least, yeah. and then had like a conversation. Can we blame us on Tree Pain or something? I don't know. I don't like what's Tree Pain gonna do with this mess, <laughs> honestly. But yeah, I I feel for Olivia. I yeah. think also that would be to have you know the full monty of taylor swift's you know legal team mm-hmm. coming after you the the day you you know release your album or very soon thereafter yeah i I really feel for her that's that's really tough especially if this is someone who you idolized i mean you know it's like if, what if taylor swift came after us and said oh it would be every time you've mentioned taylor swift you've been copying me i mean 50 percent of actually she probably would never come after us because we don't have that much money but uh yeah she's yeah. like that's not worth my time yeah also these lyrics are just okay so let me play this part too I just think the lyric, you have everything and you still want more. Yeah. It's just so cutting. I know. I know. It, I mean, that gutted me. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Back to my, you give an inch, they take a mile. Like, I just think she has to draw this line in the sand. For sure. But do you have to do it in such a personal right. way? And on the day this girl's debut well, album comes out. Do we know that the lawsuit was filed the day her? Uh, that yeah. Friday in May. Yeah, May but that, 21st. Maybe she's just talking about that. That was the day it launched. That's the day that, you know. The, she the got kick. the phone call. Like, she. that's what Olivia says in the song. Yeah. I think that Taylor Swift, I never really understood the lyrics of Antihero where everyone's mm. a sexy baby right. and I'm a monster on in the hill because I, I just didn't really get yeah. sexy babies. But now I feel like a listener DM this. They're like, that is a reference to the Olivia Rodrigo's, right, right. the new tweens right. coming right. up, right. you know, super talented right. musicians mm-hmm. that are hot on the tails of yeah. Taylor Swift's right. place in the music world. Right. And I think that Taylor Swift you know, for all of her virtues, she's just like any of us insecure about being replaced and becoming irrelevant. The song, nothing new, which she wrote pre Olivia Rodrigo is all about that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, it's a really beautiful song and everyone should go listen. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I just think that we, you know, we don't know, we don't know, but clearly this was done in a vicious personal way. I think Taylor made an example out of Olivia. Oh, interesting. And, And that's really sad that's really sad for olivia yeah yeah and clearly taylor took it to a very personal level to have sabrina carpenter on tour yes that is where it's like okay let's twist the knife yeah for sure that's a full twist of the knife which is a bummer because 
I like, you know, you think Taylor Swift's more of a girl's girl. Mm-hmm. But, but we don't know. We don't know. Taylor, if you want to come on the pod. If you want, Taylor, if you want to come on the pod, clear your <laughs> name. Please reach out. Reach out, girl. Okay. In more exciting news, mm-hmm. more riveting news, Chandler, this just came out. Meghan Markle was driving her $100,000 SUV okay. in the drive-thru In-N-Out. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Woman LA. of the people. So Meghan Markle went to, went to In-N-Out. There's a perfect... Crisp professional Super DSLR crisp. photo yep. of her in the drive-through right. through, through the window. It's so amazing. this was clearly a very set up right. stunt right. or a PR she, moment. I wonder if she handed one of the employees a backpack. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I just want to know, is anyone here between homes? Are you between homes? <laughs> or she has something to give you. Do you want some peanut butter crackers? Because that's what, you know, if you're homeless, we really want to give you refined sugar and right. processed food. Mm-hmm. And something that'll make you super thirsty. A Jansport backpack. <laughs> no nutrients and just a need for water. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So a lot of people are saying right. that Meghan Markle is primed for a comeback, right? And this is just like getting her more in right, the vibe, right. more in the scene. Right. This is part of the comeback. Yeah. She's a relatable queen. Yeah. She's in the drive-thru in and out. Right. I think they were both quoted i can't remember whatever news outlet asked them for a quote on this in and out incident and they both gave their orders do you want to know what prince harry gets oh yeah prince harry gets a double double with okay. fries okay. and a coke okay oh animal style fries so a double double fr- animal style fries and a coke yum and megan oh, gets gosh. i think a cheeseburger fries and a side of jalapenos oh interesting yeah kind of like you this is that like do they even have jalapenos is she talking about the pepperoncinis i'll get i'll give everyone my in and out order I'll right give, now yeah give them give okay them. double double yeah animal style yep add raw onions yep extra chopped chilies right. extra toasted bun yeah delicious <sighs> let's go get that for lunch it's sounds incredible unbelievable um i hope that megan markle took a page out of my book because when i was doing ketosis heavily when i was in college in and out was one of my favorite places to go all right so i would drive through whip through the in and out drive through get myself a double double protein style mm-hmm. and then wolf it down in the parking lot i couldn't even wait till i got home in approximately 90 seconds so i just hope she had that gorgeous car in and out experience that we you know we know and love the car eating experience right. is part of the in and out experience yes, it i is. will say the smell of it lingering lingering just, for days weeks it's all part of it it's yeah. all part of the joy it's all part of the pain it's true. um the one thing I will say is that yeah. when it comes to in and out, there's this glorious realization you have once you've been in the protein style life. Right. When you realize that the bun is only 140 more calories and it's an infinite it's, amount of it's, joy. It's added. so much joy. Yeah. Thankfully, so much more satisfaction. Well, I, I could eat one of those double double protein styles and feel nothing. And feel like no, ready felt, for more. I felt like I had had a cracker, a single cracker. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, yep. The bun is so necessary. Bun is so necessary. Um, and Kagan and I really go to the mat over this, but he thinks that the ratio ratio is perfect as a single cheeseburger and i think you need the double no, double you need the du- you need because those patties are flat yeah yeah exactly okay well i'm glad we covered that ground. yeah okay let's get into let's just end it on a bleak note danny masterson yeah do you want to lead us through so this I, I thought after last week's patreon that i would be through recording on this, this horrendous news yeah but there has been a public backlash for Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis because it has come to light that they wrote uh, character letters to the judge in the case. And everyone was very upset about this. And frankly, the letters were released so you could read them all. And they are pretty lengthy and they definitely go on and on about what a great guy Danny Masterson is, which is interesting for someone who was just convicted of rape. Right. right. Uh, two counts of rape. And so Ashton and Mila post. Fair, in fairness, though, they were written before the conviction. No, they weren't. Oh, they were written after the they conviction? No after the way. Con- yeah, this is the... Wait, are you serious? I'm serious. They were written after the conviction about the sentencing. Wait, what? Yeah. 
WTAF. Yeah. yeah. They were written post-conviction to try to make his sentencing lighter. This is unforgivable to me. Okay, so Mila Kunish and Ashton Kutcher, they released a video speaking about the letters they'd written seeking leniency in the prison sentence of Danny Masterson, the actor best known for his role in the 70, that 70 show. Kutcher literally says in his letter, I do not believe he is an ongoing harm to society. And then he said... Yeah, because, because Ashton Kutcher has never been raped by Danny Masterson, so that's easy for him to right, say. Right, right. And he then he added that this is about Danny, having his daughter raised without a present father would be a tertiary injustice in and of itself. Okay. And then in her letter, Mila vouched for Masterson's exceptional character and the tremendous positive influence he has had on me and the people around him. And they said in a written there, like recorded statement, which is very bizarre. It's, it's very funny for two big actors to see them really, truly acting in a way that's like, you know, doesn't seem natural. But basically they said they were, quote, not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. They were intended for the judge to read and not to undermine the testimony of the victims or to re-traumatize them in any way. We would never want that. And we're sorry if that has taken place. I mean, also, our heart goes out to every single person who's ever been a victim of sexual assault, sexual abuse, or rape. But let me just say that if you've raped somebody and it's, you know, it's been 20 years, you're no longer an ongoing, you know, harm to society. Okay. So I have outrage fatigue. I know. Right? Yeah. For me personally, I just, I have outrage fatigue. Right. I am, my blood is boiling. I know. I know where that and is. I, I also had a little bit of an instinctual outrage fatigue because mm-hmm. I'm like, of course, like, I just, I have outrage fatigue as well. But what I'm going to say, it's so hard to get a rape conviction. A conviction is so, it's so hard to come forward and it's so hard to get a conviction. So knowing that these letters came after the conviction, after there was true evidence of him drugging and raping multiple women. Yeah. And I just think that three people is such a stronger, clear evidence that this guy would was guilty right. rather than if he had been accused by one person that is different right three yeah. people said that this sure. happened clearly this guy also rape is such a hard thing to prove right and especially from 20 years ago yeah it's you know insane it's it's really sickening and i think even in either ashton's or mila's letter they said like i would feel totally comfortable with him around our children i just think that there are plenty of people who are bad actors and who have a shadow side who never reveal that to their closest yeah, of friends. Course, of course, people who are rapists don't walk around with rapist right, hats. Right. Okay, the other thing I want to say. Yeah. So I saw this TikTok from Kathy Griffin talking about the situation. You used to be a big fan of Kathy Griffin. I, I remember still that. Still am. Yeah, she's great. I mean, I, I liked I liked my life on the D list. Right. I don't right. want to talk about the Trump thing. I'm, I sure, sure, Kathy sure. But Griffin, like Kathy Griffin, yeah. I think is a funny I lady. remember like you being a fan. I remember liking, you know, what you would share with me and stuff. So she got on TikTok and she said, I want to talk about how indefensible Ashton and Mila's actions are because she said my brother, and she's written about this in her memoir. Her brother was a pedophile. Yeah. And she tried to get him arrested multiple times. And this caused a huge family rift because she, and he had done sort of like some gross things to her when she was younger. And she, two of his ex-girlfriends had reached out to her saying like, you know, he assaulted me or, you know, whatever. And she like tried to get the police to literally like, you know, charge him or at least like bring him in for questioning or whatever. And she never could. And she just says that this caused a, a huge rift. I mean, her family didn't speak to her. They wrote her letter saying you're no longer a Griffin, yada, yada, yada. And it's just like, you have to stand against people who are perpetrators mm-hmm. and predators, you know? Like, it doesn't sorry, matter you, if you did a show with them. Right. And it doesn't like in her case, it, it, if it, your brother. it doesn't matter if it's your brother. Yeah. It's, it's, it's horrible and it's complicated. But you cannot stand with perpetrators, in my opinion. And also, like, this guy is a convicted, convicted, convicted rapist. 
times he was convicted of two yes right yeah but there are three accusers so in my opinion sorry but that means that he's guilty of all three absolutely so i just think that to publicly try to defend Mm -hmm. him or get Mm -hmm. him a light sentencing that is not standing with victims of sexual assault which is what they said that they do it's a joke in our work you can see that we stand with victims i mean they don't. They, I think they also thought that only the judge was going to read those letters. Yeah. I think they thought they would be publicly published. And the last thing I want to say is in their letters, they praise Danny Masterson for leading a drug-free life. Yeah. Even though he was convicted of drugging these women. It's very out of touch. It's very strange. I, I also will say that I think that they should have not acknowledged it. I mean, yeah. the, the thing about them is that they... Ashton Kutcher at this point is like a venture capitalist. He's like a, he just invests yeah. in businesses. They're out of really right. big celebrity limelight. They don't, right. they don't walk red carpets. They're not right. really acting anymore. And I'm sorry, but their commentary on their video about how like we stand with victims, like it, no one's buying this. It just added to the news cycle. Totally. Like I think that this would have been a blip if they had just let it let come it out and just never, never said, said anything. anything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So anyways, that's a bleak note we can end on. Yes. Okay, you guys. All right. So this Friday on Patreon, we are doing a Q&A and also advice. So yep. we're going to answer your questions and give you our, you know, uns- I guess solicited advice, but definitely uncredentialed. Right. And then additionally, everyone, if you love the pod, please share it. Share Send it. Send it to a friend. Post it on your story if you feel so inclined. Include a link so people can easily tap and listen. Yep. Please help the pod grow. When the pod grows, it really gives us faith that we should keep going right. with Pop Apologist, so it really means a lot. We really appreciate it. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week live every Wednesday. Bye.